Hi everyone, I'm Summer. I'm Carrie. And this is Hopoxia Podcast. Welcome and happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Thanks. So, <laughs> I am actually broadcasting from the reservation of Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma. So that is why my internet sucks. So if I get, uh, <laughs> if I start cutting out, I apologize. <laughs> and also I apologize profusely for the quality of my my video because looking at Carrie's beautiful face so clear, I realize it is time to upgrade my phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, for those of you who were broken, broke and broken listeners when I had my original podcast, uh, which actually ended October 1st, 2019, so it's been a couple years. Um, then if you're a regular listener, you already know Carrie. She was actually the first guest. Did you remember that? You were actually episode one. I was so nervous. It was such a good time. It was great. I um, actually went back and listened to a couple of the episodes last, uh, well, this afternoon. Um, <laughs> just kind of trying to remember what all we talked about. And so like the first episode, we talked about mental health and online dating. And um, then episode five was the um, infamous tentacle porn, <laughs> <laughs> micro penises and bestiality episode, which was amazing, by the way. And I believe is the most listened to episode that we had. I'm so proud of that. Episode. That's my favorite. It was great. I still get messages about it sometimes. <laughs> um, that episode in itself made uh, me some lifelong fans. I am certain <laughs> of it. Uh, <laughs> so, in any event, that uh, that project, Broken Broken, lasted for 66 episodes. So it had about a year and a half run. And kind of felt like it had, you know, natural progression had, uh, it was time to end that. My co-host um, at that time, Felina, had some other um, things she needed to devote her time to. I was going to campaign for um, my run for state representative. And so that ended. And I thought I would never podcast again, except for as a guest. I've guested on other people's. But one day, Carrie comes to me and says, my entire life was changed by being on your podcast. And I wish that I could do that for other people, but I don't know how to do it. And being very susceptible to suggestion and unable to say no, I said, hey, let's make that happen. And so here we are. <laughs> yes, we're back, bitches. Unscripted and uncensored, for better or for worse. Um, <laughs> so, can you tell us how your life has changed? Because people can go back in the archives and see the things that you said at that time. So, give us the update, what's happened in the last two years to carry. The last two years, man, I have <laughs> tried so many things, like nursing school, didn't out, that's fine, uh, job, you know, living life living with people, not by myself anymore. That was too much. Pandemic ruined that for me. Okay. But the isolation was too much? Very much so. Could not okay. do it. It was hard. <laughs> so hard. Um, 
I feel like I've grown pretty spiritually too. I feel like I was just starting like my little journey at the beginning of that podcast. And now I feel like I'm a lot further along in that at least. Um, I feel like a pretty much different person, honestly. <laughs> I, I think that's good though. Growth is important, right? Um, <laughs> I know one thing that we had spent some time talking about on those episodes was being raised in um, extreme uh, Christianity (laughs) and evangelical Christianity um, and what that does to you. Uh, (laughs) And also at that time you were celibate and had been for several years. Yeah. So what's going on with all of that? Are you still churchy, Carrie? (laughs) Absolutely no uh so a funny quick story we have a whole board in my house uh we keep track of our partners here oh okay it's fine (laughs) i like it so so exactly i'm trying to envision this what does what is recorded on the board it's a little chalkboard we keep tally of partners we've had in the house you know okay for a little game because quarantine is hard, so it's still fun. Gotta keep the fun. So, is there a prize if you win? What? You get bragged. How did this happen? You get bragged. Oh no! Like that's how a lot of things happen in my house. We just like do things. Okay. I spent the night gluing googly eyes to my face one time. We had a bubble party. Like it's just. Please tell me you're gonna do that on the show one time. Guys, to my face. Just googly eyes everywhere. I will. 100% for you. It was a good time. It Uh, sounds like fun. (laughs) You know. Playing life. So, are you winning? Are you you in the lead lead on your board? I am. Oh, nice. What's what's your current score? 16. <laughs> okay, so if I under- understood what you said, it's you're only counting the ones that come into the house, yes? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Otherwise, I don't want to get lost. And outside of the house, he's pretty adventurous. Yes. We, 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 he was on an episode too. <laughs> I believe it was called The uh, Adventures of Bucky Boy. I think it was. Yeah, so. Great. We we love Buck. <laughs> okay, so for those who didn't, um, who haven't listened to the old episode, the previous podcast episodes, okay, let's go through, kind of introduce them to who we are. Okay, so where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I'm from Idaho, Oklahoma, a little small-ish town, back roads, you know. Currently in OKC, you know, living the big city life. <laughs> I mean, for Oklahoma, it is. It's it, the biggest it's city, big right? There, but, you know, everywhere else, this is like a town. So. I, I always joke that Oklahoma has baby cities. We do they want to be real cities, cities when they grow up. We have baby mountains, baby cities. <laughs> state full of babies. <laughs> well, um, interestingly, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, 
only about a half hour, 45 minutes from where Carrie grew up. <laughs> but we did not meet each other yeah. for many, many years. We met in Oklahoma City. <laughs> so at a job we both, you know. That neither of us are at anymore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Let's <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, you know, I grew up on a cattle ranch. There's more cows than people out there. I, I was about to say there, but technically here, because I am about three miles from that place right now. Um, because in the last two years, my life has changed dramatically yes. as well. <laughs> it really has. <laughs> it really has. So, oh, right. Um, in episode five, because I, I listened to that earlier <laughs> I said I would never be able to own another house because we were talking about student loan debt mm -hmm. and I cannot get qualified for a mortgage because my debt to income ratio is always going to be so upside down. Mm -hmm. Only I'm about to have a house. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm so right? So, <laughs> so for anyone out there that doesn't know, I um, am working on starting a homestead a few miles from my parents because I have to be down here um, more often to try to help take care of them. And so I'm kind of, what's the word for you when you have two locations? Is there a word for that? The only one I don't know. Mine is bicentennial and that's not right at all. <laughs> I'm definitely not that old yet. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's the word. <laughs> it's probably buy something. I'm just buy. Um, <laughs> da -da -da. Um, terrible, terrible jokes. Um, I'll be here all day. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I've got two locations. So I still work in the city and then i'm down here and so i'm working on the homestead so oh. and i've got a, a blog where people can um follow that if they want to see my insanity in the woods um which sounds a lot more fun than it I probably it. is but <laughs> but once the house is built you've got to see it okay Obviously. so boys and rubber duck <laughs> Okay, so let's see. We covered hometown. So how about like, let's do, what are the normal icebreaker questions? Like gender, sexuality. I think that your identifiers have changed on sexuality since the podcast, since the episodes, yes? I still go by she, her, but I am out. I am pansexual. And exploring that and enjoying that. Good. So what kind of pan do you prefer? Um, the nonstick kind, you know. So much better. It's Although I, I do have a thing for cast iron as well. Cast iron is good, especially if you want like crispy cornbread, you know. Oh, but, good point. I do love my cornbread huh. skillet. I've got one of those that's sectioned, you know. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so I guess technically, okay. So I'm not going to lie. I still get a little confused on the, just about life in general, but, um, <laughs> um, on, okay. The labels for buy and pan 
Mm -hmm. Do they confuse you? Because I feel like every person I talk to has a different concept of what bi means. Because, like, you know, when we were younger, yeah. it was they would say very strictly, you know, two. Mm -hmm. um, and then now it's, like, yours or a different one. And so I'm just like, Ugh. Not that it really matters in the grand scheme of things. I don't care you know, people want to, you right. know, I don't care what label people want to use for themselves. But when people start trying to label me, then I'm like, wait, wait. I, I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> I, it's so confusing to me because, like, I, I kind of just like the term pansexual better just for me because I like people's vibes. I don't care what kind of genitals you have. I don't care how you identify it. Like, whatever. As long as you're, like, a kind person and, like, make me happy, that's what I care about. So that's why, like, pansexual. I'm not saying, like, bisexual at all means, like, you prefer like this genital over this genital or this like gender over whatever it's just for me that term seems to fit better based on how it's been explained to me but it is so confusing when people ask and they're like well what's the difference and i'm like honestly i don't know like right because that's why i had switched to started using pan because it seemed to be more clear like the mm -hmm. definition seems to be more understood yeah but then when people are like so does that mean you're bi and i'm like i don't know what do you think bi means <laughs> And then we end up in this weird, confusing circle. It's um, meant too, but like now, like with everybody trying to be more inclusive, like I'm not, I don't think anybody has ever like excluded like trans people from bisexuality or like two souls or like asexual, aromantic, like any of that. Like, I don't know, like if it's ever excluded any of it. So, on my brain, pansexual just makes more for me to say to make my mm -hmm. more clear for myself if that makes sense because I think he says it differently or identifies differently and has different definitions for it so it's just confusing <sighs> the whole world is confusing uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well and here's what here I get the added layer la layer of confusion on this because okay in you know I'm Choctaw in our culture the default is considered to be, and I mean our culture, don't start emailing me, you churchy Choctaws, <laughs> and tell me it ain't that way, like, take that to your pastor, right. um, that the default is considered to be what we, what English people, speaking people would call pan, right? Mm -hmm. That is the default, and to be straight, totally straight, is actually the anomaly. Right. And so, so that's confusing to people. Well, it kind of confuses me too when people are like, what are you? And I'm like, um, but then also because I'm indigenous, people try to put the two spirit label yeah. on me, which is actually, I, two spirit is an appropriated term taken from the Anishinaabe's sacred belief of individuals who had two spirits in one body which is actually the opposite of what we believe we believe everyone has both male and female energies right so it's like two spirit everybody kind of is if you go by that right so it gets really i understand the the 
what gave rise to the labels and the creating the language so that we know how to talk about things, but then it yeah. can kind of make things a little convoluted in other areas. And so it's, I'm always trying to like, yeah, navigate and help people understand because concepts that are relevant in like Western cultures aren't necessarily relevant in ours. Yeah. That's, it makes sense. Like I did not know that about the Anishinaabe. Mm -hmm. like yes. Taken from them. Wow. Right. And I, und my understanding is that the term originated during like a conference that took place, you know, in that area of the world geographically. And so it was proposed by, I believe, if, if what I've been told is accurate, that it was proposed by some people from that culture, but there's many, many others from that culture that are not okay with that being used because that right. is a sacred belief of theirs. Yes. So it's kind of, yeah, iffy on that count, but, um, in any event, it's not really like relevant to my culture, so I don't use that term. And people, I've had, I, pe some people have taken it very personally. Let's see, I don't really know like too much about it. I just know that's always like a thing that comes up when people are having like the, the discussion about all of it. And so I like, I need to do more research clearly. But I, like, for me, it's just, I've never cared like, honestly like what people look like or what they have like if I can hang out with you and like get good vibes from you like I'm down like same so it's always been same you know, admit it. <laughs> you know and you know we for, for that matter you know you can hang out with more than one person at a time that's what I'm doing <laughs> right I mean I always liked it <laughs> It's so much more fun that way. <laughs> I, I don't understand people's objection. I was thinking about that. I don't even remember what made me think of this earlier. Um, I was like, I, I don't understand people's objection to it. Like, you've got <laughs> added stimulation happening. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> Everybody thinks about it and wants it. But, like, when it comes down to saying it, nobody wants to say it. No. Yeah, I mean, we'll be honest about it. It's great. Um, well, sometimes I have ha I have had threesomes that were not that great, but that's just because. Yeah, that's just because of because. Um, <laughs> well, you know, when you're not quite vibing in the way you, yeah. you had hoped or thought you would, you know, I like to find a partner that I'm mesh good with and 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 kind of stick with them for a while it seems like sometimes the new ones just not yeah yeah which reminds me uh all of the you know through those few those years that i was dead broken broken i had <laughs> multiple partners i had what usually between four and six the roster of about yeah. four to six yeah um as those have fallen off due to um mostly due to covid um others due to distance i have not been replacing people i know it's just so it's just so much work to replace people and um 
you know, I'm tired. I'm tired, damn it. <laughs> uh, and so I haven't. I, I still consider myself, okay, so I've also stopped using the word polyamorous. Mm-hmm because it seems to confuse people. A lot of people, when they hear polyamorous, they assume that means you have multiple partners all the time. Right. So I've switched to the term non-monogamous because even when I only have one partner, I still don't buy into the ridiculous idea of (laughs) monogamy. Like monogamy is not natural. It's it's based in the ownership of one's partner ideologically. And I don't buy into that. So I've started using the term non-monogamous so that it's clear that even when I only have one partner, I'm still. Yeah. I have a couple of partners that are that way that are married or have girlfriends or whatever. And we still hang out and like talk and be friends and do that kind of stuff. So, so are you, um, I'm sorry, my brain just went blank. I'm seeing this. That, what is that? I used to have this graph to explain polyamory to people. Um, and that's what's flashing in my head where it's like, so you have your partner. Do you have, and you know, they have another partner. Do you have any relationship with their other partner or is it usually just a uh, one? Usually just me and that one person. Okay. I like, I was seeing a couple for a little bit and we tried it but it just wasn't, like, for me, like, with them specifically. And I have one current partner, and he's married, and she doesn't really want anything more than, like, friendship with me, which is fine. I can do that. We're both. But but she is friends with you. Yeah. So like, you guys have contact. Talk and do that stuff. So it's not, like, I'm a secret. <laughs> well, I know. But, like, I had had relationships before where the other partner, like, didn't they were indifferent. Like they didn't care to meet me or whatever. They're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, (laughs) go leave me alone for a while. (laughs) That's basically like what it is. But like, but like we still hang out and like talk, but most of the time it's like, just get him away from me for a few minutes, please. (laughs) I had, I, uh, yeah, I had that like four and a half year relationship with a couple and that's (laughs) usually, Usually what would happen, I would get a text message and she'd be like, so we're fighting and I need to, I need him to not be here. Can you please invite him over? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I go up like once a week and once a week. Okay. Can you repeat that? That kind of, you, you froze. Oh, I said, that's kind of what I do. I go up like once a week and that's what we do take them off our hands for a little bit right i mean i i think it works great but we also case but being a dynamic like he's my dominant and i'm his submissive oh okay um (laughs) yes we need to do a show on that at some point um kind of explaining Mm. how that works um that would be fun yeah I think it'll be good because I've had people over the years ask me stuff because apparently I am the girl who will talk about anything (laughs) um right (laughs) 
And so I've had people ask me, I'm like, I only have like, you know, pretty cursory knowledge since I'm not in the scene. Mm -hmm. And so like, I can only give a little bit of information. So I think we should definitely do a show to help people kind of understand, like, it's not this crazy, scary thing, unless you want it to be. Right? Like, it doesn't have to be. Can be if you want it to be. Because, you know, consent matters. Does. Consent is. Right. So, I would, yeah, we definitely need to do an episode. So, to kind of give people an idea of all the variety of things that fall into that category. I would love it. It would be so much fun. I like talking. Okay. Making a note. Okay, writing that down. Okay, so what kind of work do you do? We mentioned that we are no longer at the jobs we were at. What, uh, what work do you do? I currently work at a psychiatric hospital as a tech. So I get to hang out on the floor with the patients and, like, make sure they're taking care of themselves and, like, showering and eating, which is a big one, uh, and doing, like, group therapies with them. We'll have groups over like anger management and emotional regulation and how to develop like social skills because I work with teenagers who are very awkward and don't have a lot of social skills yeah. so, that's what I get to do throughout the week that sounds emotionally draining it very much is I work with teens that have been like sexually abused so that can be a lot right so you had you had told us on one of the old episodes about being sexually abused yourself does (laughs) working with them does that make is that triggering or does does your experience make make doing that easier what it can be because all of the they're also perpetrators because that's what's learned growing up so it can be a little triggering sometimes but i think working on the part with them of them being sexually abused and that's why they turn to do those things like this is like their last chance to get help so i look at it that way and try to do my best with them and like work with them on stuff and process all of that trauma with them so yeah it's a great process <laughs> yeah that's a lot what are you uh, doing? i am still in social work i have moved from doing you know like family services to adult protective services so generally most of my clients will be um elderly or incapacitated um so it's it's good but it can be a lot some days you know it's hard working with like those kinds of populations yes and in my particular job, we're focused on self-neglect. Mm-hmm. So when, when there is a perpetrator, there's more of a clear 
set of actions to do, right? You're trying to find them safety, you know, <laughs> all of those things, get that perpetrator away from them, get, you know, if there's, you know, law enforcement involvement, you know how to, you know, they have procedures. But when it's self-neglect, it's a whole different situation because it's like you were talking about trying to make sure they do those basic care for themselves and you can't always convince people that they should take care of themselves um it's hard it's yeah hard. and when it's compounded by you know whether it's mental illness or um physical disability and you know all those layers and resources are getting harder to get because of the pandemic has everything stretched thin it just, it gets to be kind of hard because you can't force people to take care of themselves as long as they have capacity. Yeah. So you, yeah, you're just kind of trying to talk them into why it matters. And, and a lot of people are scared yeah. because they don't want someone to come take them out of their home or whatever. And so just getting to the point where they'll be honest with you about what's going on can be oh, a big deal. Getting people to be honest and like open up and talk about it is right up for me. Yeah. So, so how is your mental health doing while we're on that topic? Because we had talked about that side in your appearances was both of our mental health struggles. That was a common theme because that was, you know, part of the point to get rid of the stigma. So how are you doing now? Um, I think I'm doing a lot better considering what's happening in the world with like the pandemic and everything that's been going on for the last couple of years. It's, I think considering that I'm doing fairly well, there are some like really hard days, especially with my job that makes it like a little bit harder, but I think overall I'm in a much healthier place. I admit when I'm feeling horrible things. That's good. <laughs> and you had been doing some therapy and stuff since the show, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm starting again next month, I believe, is when my interns will let me do it. Okay, good. We're doing that too. We're making progress. Excellent. <laughs> That's great. What about so, you? Um, it's <laughs> better now I think probably than it's ever been I'm trying to think back um but the further back I think the worse it feels um so <laughs> you know I told somebody that the other day because they're like you you know you need to be like your optimal health or whatever I'm like I've had anxiety and PTSD since I was a small child I've never had optimum health I don't know what that's like don't know um <laughs> right so um but i think i'm doing much better now than i ever have um and i'm off med i'm off prescription medications i don't ha i'm not taking any you know at one point i had um the antidepressant um a rescue medication for the anxiety and um trazodone to sleep so at one point I was on all of those um, to function poorly. Um, 
so I'm off all of those um, and now um, being able to manage with just um, cannabis. Mm-hmm. So I am a medical cannabis patient. Um, and honestly, a lot of that is just been changes in my life in lifestyle, just being yeah. living how I want to live, not giving a fuck what other people <laughs> think <laughs> about it. Um, and also I realized, I think for a long time, um, which we had talked about in one of those episodes that I, I listened to earlier, um, like I would struggle. Sometimes I wouldn't have food in the house because going to the store would cause anxiety attacks because of all the people there. And I had, um, but I struggled and I think I was in denial about how debilitating those things were. Yeah. And like, I didn't want to admit that I had that disability. And, but towards the end, in 2019, I had started because I was so busy, um, you know, starting to gear up for the uh, campaign, I had started like grocery delivery and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that dramatically reduced my going to the store. And then when, then when things sort of kind of shut down for COVID, we never had a statewide shutdown, but we did at least you know, in Oklahoma City for a minute. Um, And I realized, like, how much better I was doing, (laughs) literally just not going anywhere because I had still been forcing myself to go through this because this is what people do, you know? And once I realized that, it was like, you know, it had been months, I hadn't taken any medication. I'm like, whoa, what's different? I'm like, oh, right. And so I just finally decided to accept that and just adjust my life accordingly. So I don't go to crowded places. I don't do those things if I can avoid them. Um, I've started being able to say no to events that I just know I'm not going to be able, you know, I I used to go ahead and do them. Like I used to go ahead and show up, you know, try to do Pride Parade or um, other, I can't remember, Women's March, I think it was, something like that. And at this point, I tell people, like, if you want me to come speak, that's fine. But no, I'm going to come in, I'm going to do my my speech, and I'm going to leave because I can't do that. I used to go ahead and do it, and then I would be in bed sick for three days. So I guess I kind of finally adulting enough that I learned how to say no. <laughs> Set boundaries. Yeah. Learning boundaries. <laughs> it only took me 40 fucking years, y'all. <laughs> but I got it. <laughs> I really got it. Same groceries birthday. I went to the store with one of my roommates like a couple of months ago. And like I was still wearing my mask and everything even though I had already gotten like my vaccine. But there was so People like everywhere. I started panicking, like in the store. Mm-hmm. Go back, whereas unless I absolutely have to do it. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so that's just what I 
those boundaries, man. I, you know, as, as much as, as evil as Amazon is, if I have to, I will order things because I just, yeah. uh, you know, until there's a better alternative way to get it. Uh, I do hope that a lot of these stores that started curbside pickup because of the pandemic will keep them because you know i don't know maybe they don't care maybe they don't realize i don't know how much business they are losing by not having that um but yeah there's a lot of us who can't don't want to come into your crowded place so y'all fix that shit um (laughs) please get on that united states of america Right? Like, this is ridiculous. And I'm seeing, like, a lot of the things that had changed for COVID, for whatever reason, now that people have decided it's over, even though it's really fucking not, um, a lot of those services and stuff, they're dialing back. And I'm like, this is, these are basic accessibility measures you should have been doing all along. Yeah. Don't take those away now. Yeah. Like, it was such a good thing for, like, the elderly like population like the disabled population like it made things so much more accessible for them and now they're trying to take it away which is stupid and sucks and i hate it agreed agreed okay um all right i think that was everything i had in my notes um so do you have anything else you want to add for uh, the introduction to the audience go get vaccinated <laughs> Please. Yes, definitely get vaccinated, take care of yourself, Mm -hmm. your physical and mental health. Big ones. There are, there are services where you can text Mm -hmm. a therapist. These are important. Please, for the love of God, do these things. Please, 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 please. As someone who works in a psychiatric hospital, I cannot emphasize the importance enough of getting therapy, even if you don't think you need it, you probably need it. I think everybody needs it. I mean, I think it's helpful. It's helpful skills most of us didn't oh, learn. Skills and all that kind of stuff. It's hard and it sucks, but it makes life so much better. Right, and I think part of the problem is a lot of people think therapy is just like talking about your problems, but it's actually someone who has been trained in mental health that are you know are objective and can help you make a care plan on how to heal trauma or how to develop coping skills if you don't have them those things that's why it's important it is not the same as calling your best friend and bitching on the phone for two hours even though i still do that and it's very cathartic that's all i do is i teach people coping skills and work on that with them that's all i do All right. And on that note, we will say goodbye for this episode. Um, Make sure you come back. We're going to do this bi-weekly. So make sure you come back to talk to to us more about, you know, sex, drugs, and (laughs) self-improvement.